0: hey suzy <laughs> do you know what time it is what time is it? it's time to sing hello friends <laughs> welcome once again to the break and a podcast it's the best kind of podcast because it's my kind of podcast and it's your kind of podcast and it's our kind of podcast it's the best kind of podcast i don't really know how to end so we <laughs> gotta find an ending to that song
1: wow well i like the beginning i feel like i I'll haven't done that. that in a while so i thought i'd you know Like, I push record and my head's turned away, and then I turn back, and she is like practically making sweet love to her microphone.
0: Hello, Mike. Oh, you know what? Well, of course, I'm making sweet love to my microphone because this week's topic has got me all hot and bothered. Mm
1: -hmm. Today,
0: we're talking about female sexuality. Right? Right here. It's been a while since we've talked about. Talk, talked about a, a sex.
1: Right, and it's high time. On, let's talk about you know about why it's be, time? Let's let's talk about you and me. I mean, that's let's a good
2: tune.
0: I don't even know if, what those words Yes. Let's talk about sex. God bless them. And then you have I want your sex. Mm hmm. George Michael.
1: That's a good one, too. I want your sex. There's no shortage of sex songs. No,
0: Sex passionate,
1: sex is fun. Sex is best when it's one-on-one.
0: Dang, I like that. What's your favorite song to get freak nasty to? Hmm. What do you like? Are you more, oh my God, Ah,
1: what's it going to (laughs) be? I can honestly say I don't think I've ever had music on. Stop Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it! Not intentionally. No,
0: you're missing out. It it takes it to a whole new level when there's music.
1: Okay. Yes. Maybe I'll try it, but like I have this thing I where mean, I don't
0: all the time. But
1: uh, my niece Dahlia is gonna really love this. Oh episode. well. Sh- <laughs> Did you yeah. see her picture on the Brinketti uh, Insta page? No. Oh, I
0: should. I should. Look. I'll show
1: it to you. I posted it because she has a company called Enchanted Teas with Dahlia where she throws tea parties. Like Mm -hmm. if you want your daughter or whoever to have a tea party, she'll like sort it all out. And it's really lovely. We're
0: really rounding out a resume with this job.
1: (laughs) So I found a picture from her page and I was like, here's the newest member of the (laughs) brain candy team. We're going to have her swearing swearing like a sailor and chugging wine in no time. But like she looks like pure. So innocent. God. In fact, I told her, I'm like, hey, let me know your hours for June so I know how much to pay you. And she goes, to be honest with you, I can't accept money for June because the whole reason you hired me was to make your life easier. And you've had to FaceTime me and teach me things. Oh, so I stop. hope you understand She's that. too pure. And I was like, you know what? She needs a little bit of this. In her. <laughs> we need to push
0: her closer to that oh, end. I
1: know. She's so wonderful. But oh, anyway. that's so sweet. Delia, thank you. Anyway, back to the music bit. Yeah. I... I always feared like if I put on like Barry White or something. Is, like, it, is it okay? I I've, always think it's a little too cheesy. You okay, gotta like. Who okay, is good. Okay, like in your head,
0: are you? Is it like a more Enya-y, earthy no. sound? Okay, no, never. Is it like a Marilyn Manson-y, Tainted Love kind of no, like it's little like bit R&B. dangerous. Okay, is it like a genuine pony? Yeah. Okay, there we go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so you're like that. Okay. But it seems like weird if I put that on. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like the, you have to like find a. Maybe what? A what about medium. like TLC? Do people like
0: that? <laughs> <laughs> You don't have like a playlist. Three. I have a playlist. You,
1: I have lie. multiple playlists. Can you share it with our audience? Absolutely. Where can we put it on the newsletter? Yeah, I mean, I can just tell you some of the ones that are on. I have two. If you want the full list, put sign up for our newsletter. It's on our uh, website, the Brain Oh my god, yes, I will totally share with everybody.
0: You can even like follow my. I even titled it "Late Nights." Oh. <laughs> stop i am not i will not stop <laughs> the
1: madness
0: i will not and um, should we Late hear what's on nights. it like just i give you yeah uh, oh because God. i feel like i've collected throughout you know time really good songs that okay like arctic monkeys do you want to know do what I want that? to know? That's an excellent doing it song.
1: There's this tune I found that makes me think of you somehow
0: when I play it on repeat. Holy crap. Are these fast or slow? Slow. Teardrop, my massive attack. Oh my god, amazing what are one. These? Number one Man. crush by Garbage. I would die
2: for you. I would die for you. I've been dying just to feel you
1: by myself.
0: So good. It seems
1: to so edgy music. Not all of them.
0: Signal. Dangerous Woman by Ariana Grande. That's a good one.
1: And is this something that you always do Always
0: every time I hear a good song I'm like add to the playlist No wait night but playlist. I mean
1: whenever you <laughs> <late> night, <laughs> yeah. whenever you're going to get in the mood you no. put it Okay I but, don't
0: oh my god it's really almost more often? to get me all sexed up than wait, to really like Wait
1: when do you put the playlist on
0: I've put it on maybe like 5 or 6 times when my husband and I have had sex not even that much But like right before Yeah like or like if I'm driving home and I'm like oh I'd like to go home and get some I'll like yeah. play myself a little sexy Out music it puts me in the here. mood
1: No whoa mind right body right sarah you're so in touch with your sexuality i try you know
0: i feel like you gotta be you do it's more fun for me to be Mm hmm. you know
1: okay wow this music thing really threw me for a loop Whoa, i think
0: it's super important it really can set the mood but then you gotta be careful some you can't fix you gotta listen to the whole song before you add it to the playlist, that's
1: really funny.
0: There's one song that I love the beginning of. It's in um, the movie. Oh crap! What's the movie called? Uh, Empire Records. Yeah. It's an Empire Records where she's like about to take off her shirt to uh, sexy Rexy Rex Manning uh, in her office, and um, the song is super sexy in the beginning. Joe, it's Rex Manning day. <laughs> But then the last half is like a girl having this really odd, screamy orgasm sounding, making this noise that... ...it would ruin any moment. And I didn't learn that. I think I may have learned that the hard way.
1: So you had to take it off the list. I had to take it off the list. Do you do it in the dark? Like sex? Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes. But I also like it with the lights on. You really
0: do full lights? Mm, no, like dim, dimmer lights. Mood but I like, yeah, I like that. You know, I like to be able to see what I'm doing.
1: Do you ever feel insecure?
0: All, all the time.
1: Yeah. Like every time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, but then you have to just
0: get to a part. I think it's really important to like communicate with whoever you're doing it with. You mm-hmm. know, and understand that like for however insecure you feel, they probably also feel insecure cuz that's just how I we are. I don't think
1: so. Like do they're they like the fine like okay, if
0: that's the case, then they don't give a fuck about anything mm. that's going on with you cuz all they care about is doing it. <gasps> Guess what I just learned? What? That you cannot smell foul odors when you are having sex because at a state of heightened arousal, you stop smelling bad things that smell bad no way you're like too aroused to smell bad stuff really that's why so many people fuck in the bathroom oh i mean i've i've gone in the bathroom
1: yeah who hasn't i know
0: once i was given my hubby a bj in a bathroom we got walked in on
1: i remember that
0: mortifying that was one of the most embarrassing moments of my my life but then i was like that's right (laughs) so maybe not so embarrassing Right. This is basically going to be an episode of like dirty things
1: Sarah's done. <laughs> right. And I just see you're going, right, right? Right. Okay. Right.
0: Okay.
1: Well, one way to combat yes. your insecurities is to get your body what, how you want it. Yeah.
0: You're in control.
1: Whether you like things softer, rounder, smaller, tighter, mm-hmm. you can do it with Beach Body on Demand. Amen, sister. I've been doing it now for two months. I have changed up my workout. It's not just Tony and <laughs> Deb and Sandy. <laughs> I tried different ones, and some of them I last like two minutes. Right. I, and I realized, whoa. <laughs> I have Those are the ones a, that
0: you should keep doing. Yeah. Right.
1: It, but sometimes I just feel like I'm not coordinated enough. Mm-hmm. But how do you practice get practice makes practice perfect? Practice. Yeah. So you guys should try. Please do it with me. I mean, come on. Here's how you do it: just text "brain candy" all one word to 303030, and you get full access to the entire platform for free. So you can try it out. Oh, dang! Right. I'm saying try it, mm-hmm. people.
0: I just did my uh, little yoga sesh. Take a peek at that. I have it up on Instagram. And super oh my fast god, forward. I
1: love that.
0: Yeah, it was so. It's so it looks easy, really and nice. it's just like a quick. Maybe it was like 12 minutes. But I feel like it's a good day to wind me down at the end of the day.
1: It's this time of year where it's like vacation, bikini mm-hmm. body, mm-hmm. Um, you know, anything you like wedding season yes. you want to look your best for. And
0: I'm doing so many more outdoory things that I want to be functional in my fitness.
1: I did a tweet the other day, which was a true story. Mm-hmm. I had put on this dress mm-hmm. and uh, it had a zip in the back, which can be really hard to do on your own. But it also had, like, a clasp at the top. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it was in the exact spot of my back that, it, I mean, and I tried for oh, no. five minutes. And then later, I finally got it. But then later, I was, like, sore being like, why am I sore? Oh, because I had to zip up my <laughs> And I tweeted about it. And some listener was like, oh, you better keep doing that better beach keep body. doing that. It's true, though. You work muscles sometimes in life. And, even clasp, you have. and, and <laughs> clasp and zip. And clasp and zip. And clasp anywho yes text 303030 text the word brain candy all one word and you can have access to like 600 different workouts okay yeah cuz i feel like that's actually a thing where like sometimes i don't do it sex yes because i don't feel great about how i look uh-huh that's terrible yeah,
0: i think a lot of people do yeah yeah, and I think for women, you got to get your head in the right place, you know?
1: Yeah, well, that's true. It's really important to be...
0: And if you're think If you're, like, in your own head mm-hmm. and in a bad headspace, then it's hard to enjoy the moment and really be there. Yeah. You know? No.
1: That's why Men I feel like music is usually. so
0: helpful. Mm. Because it helps me stop thinking about all those other things. And I just think about connecting to what the music sounds like and how does my body feel moving to that music. And Well, blah, blah, Sarah, blah.
1: the reason that we're doing this episode is kind of what you're talking about, <laughs> which is that you went to a stripper class. I totally did. <laughs> I did. Well, so I, the, I want you to start at the beginning. Yeah,
0: like how did I get roped into this thing? So the girl who does my eyelashes, she's so amazing, and she was just – like, I was just talking to her about, you know, like, how women are categorized and basically, like, women issues. And she was like, you know what? I think you need a little bit of this class. And so she told me about –
2: What they call – This is, like,
0: not an advertisement for them, by the way. This is just, like, I actually went and did this, and I really want to share this with you because it was, like – You know, they're not like my fucking sponsor or anything. I'm just, this is like what I did. So the class is called (laughs) S Factor.
1: Oh yeah, I've heard of it. And what
0: I thought it was going to be, she was like, okay, so there's like pole dancing and blah, blah, blah. It's about connecting to like your female sexuality and all that stuff. And I thought it was going to be one of those pole dancing classes, which I had done before. I even did it on camera on my season of The Real World. Oh, wow. Bea took me to one of those classes. Let me tell you. I had never been so awkward. It was like all the lights were on, mirrors are everywhere, and half the girls are doing awesome acrobatic tricks, and I don't even know what I'm doing.
1: P.S. I just read that stripper poles spin. Not the ones that I used. Not the ones that we were using, but but some of them do. Yeah. Who knew that?
0: Yeah. I thought they were
1: like goddamn Cirque du Soleil ladies. Well, the
0: the good ones are. Okay. But some of them spin. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. Um... Yeah, the ones that where I I was at, you have to actually do all the work because it's a workout too. Um, so I was like, okay, I don't know. What do you
1: wear to this? That
0: was my first question. What do I wear? So she said you could wear whatever you want, like whatever you want, really. And you know, you can wear shorter shorts because having some skin to stick to the pole makes things a little bit easier. But my you can wear sweatpants. You can wear leggings. There was such a mix. So what?
1: What footwear do you wear? Barefoot. Okay.
0: So I walk in there. First of all, I... What if you
1: were like those five-finch heels with the
0: clear? You can. (laughs) They totally have those. One girl was like, put them on at the end of it. I'll tell you all about that. Don't think I won't get there. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, I decide to go. And I can't believe I went because it's like not me to do this kind of stuff. So I go there and I'm like expecting to see a bunch of girls who look like they could be strippers. Like they're not at all the case. There is the widest range of... And first of all, they the people in the class are all at the same level as you. So everybody in the class with me, there were probably about 12 of us. Everybody, it was their first time or second time. Okay.
1: And were there any people of color or was this a white lady thing?
0: Uh, no, there were people of color. Okay. And there were girls who were looked like they were about 20. And there was one woman who was in her late 50s. Okay. And there was a girl who was a size 18 And a girl who was a size zero, like such. And there was a there was, and so the bet. The first thing we did. So you go into the room, and all the lights are pretty much out, except there's red. There's like soft red lighting, like just enough to see yourself, and you can't really see anybody else. And you all sit in a circle, and there are no mirrors anywhere, anywhere. And the instructor talks about like why we do this, and like why we're here, and you know um, how. A lot of workouts we do or a lot of the movements that we do in our regular life are very linear and very, like, left leg, right leg, all super balanced, which are uh, – and are all very linear movements that are all very masculine. Mm. And everything that – all the movements we do in workouts are all very masculine moves. And w- female movements are more fluid and more circular and more, like, f- like fluid – and we are almost told to not move like that and it's f- so funny because or not funny but your body wants to to do that your body like want knows how to move in those ways but you get disconnected from it because you're like not supposed to like there's a reason why if you look at the root of all dance moves there's like circular hip movements and you go back like to deep into cult- like old 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 you know, tribal cultures, you can see the same kind of moves that is like how our bodies are supposed to move. And we've like lost touch with that. So they go, we go, everybody goes in the circle and talks about like what brought them there and what things bring them there. And there was such a range of answers. A lot of people were saying things like, you know, I just got divorced and I haven't felt like a woman in so long. There was another girl who was super androgynous looking. And at first, like I had to do a double take because I was like, is that a male in the class and then she said are men welcome no it's only women and she said that she's redefining her own version of um, uh, femininity so she's here to do that and everybody Did was, you have to say why you were there? Yes, and I started. I instantly started crying. I was like, it's because you know me. I basically went the same place I went with the Moana story. I was like, <laughs> but I didn't talk about that. I was like, it's just so important for us and we're not allowed to do this and we get so shut off from this and what we need. And then they talked about this being like the kind of safe place where you can explore like what feels good to you and things like that. And it was like the first time I felt so fucking empowered, Susie. It was Awesome. I'm so glad. And then you start with a warm up where you like are really sexy music is playing and you can't really see anybody but yourself Mm -hmm. and you, you don't, you don't look around and everything is just like feeling what feels good to your body.
1: Are they telling you what moves to do? Yeah. Like a little
0: bit, but enough instructions. And then the whole time the instructor's yelling things like, Ooh, you look so fucking hot. And Oh yeah. And like every, like just feel your curves and she just makes you feel like it's like having a cheerleader when you're having sex.
1: That's nice. Oh,
0: it was the best. I was like, dude, can you come when I'm having sex and do that? Yeah, like cheer you on. Because that really gets me in the mood. And then so you do all that and they go through a few like, and it's a two hour thing. And then they have a little choreographed dance routine at the end that you guys do, that you all do together. But it's really simple and slow movements that are just teaching your body how to be super sexy. I was riding a wave of super hot sexiness for, like, a week after I left that class. Wow. Oh, I'm going to start doing it every week. Yeah? Oh, I loved it.
1: What's the damage? How much that cost? Uh, you can
0: do, like, packages of, like, eight classes a month or four classes a month, and it comes out to, like, 30 bucks a class.
1: That's, it's fucking cheaper it's a, than therapy. Right. I mean, it, it would depend on, like, if it really was something... Yeah. That yeah. You really... But, you
0: know, I look at it as, like, you know, I go to the movies, I spend 30 bucks. I go... To do a you know a yoga class, it's like fifteen. So
1: that's cool. I'm you know, so glad I love well.
0: It. And then that as you like learn more, and there are like different levels that you go to. Like can as you like learn more and become more. Yeah, like more, what's the end game? I mean, just like they say to be able to like naturally move. Like it's almost like your body is speaking a different language. Like it, and like you find the language that your body communicates in. Like what feels sexy and what looks sexy to you. Like, some women it's more slow, some women it's faster, some women it's more, you know, choreographed, whatever. But being able to just do that on your own to, like, a song. Right. And then they incorporate, like, sexy lingerie, and, like, you can have a character, you can pick your own music. What do you mean? Like, you can have, like, a whole persona. They're like, oh, whatever you want to do with it. Like, when you come
1: in, you can be, like, my name's Raven or Tuesday's Sacrifice. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. I do feel like I'm a little more like... I thought you might. Uh Uh-huh. Right, because she's edgy. She is, like, edgy. So, yeah, I I guess it makes sense with you because you've had some trauma and sexual issues. So I can see why you would suppress that side of you. Yes, absolutely. And this is...
0: I think it's really good for people who... There were some women who talked about that in the group, too. Yeah. About how they've gone through experiences that have told them that their body was wrong or they felt ashamed of their body. And they were even talking about, like, when you're doing these moves, like, there's one, you know, your legs are up in the air and then your legs are, like, open. And she's like, slide your hands down your legs and, you know. Enjoy yourself. Yes, enjoy yourself. And then then after the class, she was like, if you have any questions as to why we do any of these things, like, talk to me about it, whatever. And then she was talking about, like, she was like, why do you think we tell you to enjoy yourself and, like, touch yourself if you want to? Like, I mean, nobody's freaking... You know, masturbating in class. Your clothes are on, for goodness sakes. But dudes do this all the time. Guys have no problem touching themselves in public, in a freaking business meeting, in a class. Like, they'll do it anywhere. They'll like because they're allowed to touch that part of themselves. Women are like not allowed to touch it. Mm-hmm. For Christ's sake, why not? Yeah. In a safe environment where you, why, we should be allowed to like. You know, I went home and I was like, yeah
1: i love you hot sexy
0: ass (laughs)
1: yeah love you that's really cool i'm glad i I just
0: encourage people to explore their sexuality in whatever ways because sometimes well we'll just
1: even their body even if it has nothing to do with sex yes and it's just about being in touch with the physical shell that you're in that's cool too yes learn what feels good to you I was reading something recently about, um, how women are taught that like the only thing that matters, like we're objectified, right? So we're sexual tools, but yet we're punished as soon as we like it. Right. And that is sick. It's well, that is, that's what we call patriarchy, (laughs) right? right. Like all you're good for is this thing, but you better not like it. Oh,
0: it's horrible.
1: Right. So I say, let's like that it. feels
0: like being in a prison. Yeah. So as soon as, yeah. And it might take your partner some adjusting. And then yeah. the best part about it is when we were done, she was like, remember that if you decide, this is for you. But if you do decide to share this with anybody, it's a gift for them. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not for, this is for you. Yeah, And whoever else just happens to, you know, they, this is a gift that they're deserving of, you know, so. Well,
1: later in the show, we're having a guest on, her name is Bernadette Murphy, and she wrote a book called Harley and Me, Embracing Risk on the Road for a More Authentic Life. And it made me think that I had done the interview, but I wasn't sure what episode I would put it in because Mm -hmm. it's something a little different, but it seemed perfect for this because... She's um, a woman whose children are grown and she was getting a divorce and she got a motorcycle even though she'd never had any interest in them before. And it's like the kind of midlife crisis-y look mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. But it the book is so, it's a memoir, so it's her true story. And I really loved it because she is attacking this idea that also, that they talked about in that other book by Robin Lee, The Idea of You, mm-hmm. which is about how once you hit a certain age, women aren't considered sexual beings. They're like invisible right. and they can't b- give birth. So what good are they? Uh-huh. It's like, we're done with you. Go out to pasture and uh-huh. just Ugh. knit or whatever they <laughs> think old knit. ladies do. right? And she's rejecting that idea and was like, you know what? Instead of, I don't, I don't know if she says this in the book, but my interpretation is instead of calling it like a midlife crisis, it's like a midlife Reboot, right? You know, like who do you want to be now? We just call it a next phase of life. It's like
0: the, you know, therapeutic. What phase of life? Okay, because
1: the kids are gone. So and your husband has gone. Who are you? Yeah. Who are you without all that stuff? That is
0: a very difficult place.
1: Yeah. So, uh, but I think even if your kids are still at home, or you don't even maybe have a family, whatever stage you're in, you can still ask that question: Who am I without my job? Who am I without? This stuff, Yes. and then then figure it out and start deciding. Wait, that is who I am. And so many people get defined by their job
0: or by their children or, or by, by their, their money. Oh, yes, right. That is not the way to do it. Yeah. What, who are you?
1: What's cool about the book? Um, from our kind of brand or point of view is that she's obsessed with science Ooh, and the brain. Hello. So she talks a lot about like what's going on in the brain and the body at these ages and. And during these crises and things like that, which I loved. And one thing that really stuck with me was she talked about the chemical makeup and the sort of anatomical makeup of a woman, and how, you know, once you hit puberty until you hit menopause, you are, your body is designed, of course, to nurture and to think less of yourself and think more of others and all that stuff. But th- those years are the exception that who you are before puberty and who you are after makes up way more years oh, and yet sure we does. think of oh my god I never even thought about that yeah that chemically that's not actually who you are who that's you are is who you crazy crazy were your
0: crazy brain says you should be when you have a baby
1: yeah Whoa. so she said what you are after menopause and and who you are really is the same as who you were at 11 Damn. who were you at 11
0: almost Tuesday sacrifice
1: <laughs> You know, and I felt like how interesting that we, I think of our identity wrapped up in this, who am Mm -hmm. I at 25 and 30 and 35 and 40, but like, those are the childbearing years and your body's doing other shit. Mm -hmm. So I'm more interested in those bookends of like, who am I really? Wow. Yeah. If you can tap into that during your childbearing years, I think that you'll be better off later when the kids leave or whatever.
0: Well, yeah, because you have to know who you are. You have to have some sort of identity.
1: One part of the book, though, that made me think especially was good for this uh, episode, which I don't talk to her about too much in the interview just because it was a little saucy, but she... Began having orgasms on her motorcycle. Like, oh, uh, I
0: could absolutely <laughs> imagine that. Good for her.
1: Like, not on purpose. It just sort of happened. And she was like, hello. Hello.
0: Right?
1: <laughs> and she was, like, researching it. Like, what is going on? And then she bought one of those balls you put up in there. Oh, dang. To, like, enhance it. Why wouldn't and you? And she would ride with it in there. <laughs> I love it. And I thought, mm, girl, get mm-hmm. it. I had
0: one on a horse once. And I was like, oh, I know why girls go horseback riding. You did not. For sure I did.
1: She was having one on a steel horse. You were having one on
0: uh-huh. a steel horse. It was like just bumpy enough. It was great. A true, true orgasm? True for sure. A hundred percent. Like a really good one. Because it was like long and drawn out because I wasn't in control. Is that weird? I love it. I mean. It's I, great. It was. I, my, I, I was on a horse bed trail. I couldn't control it. I mean, How old were you? 28.
1: No way. Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: And they do get better as you get older. I have what? noticed that.
1: Orgasms? Yeah.
0: Better and easier.
1: Yeah. That's true. Because yeah. you know how to get them. Yeah. I'll never forget I that. that. I
0: know the directions. I don't need to look at the map anymore.
1: I can't believe, though, that on a ho- I mean, I get it. Yeah. But I've never heard of that. Maybe people don't talk about it normally. They, I I think they don't
0: talk about it. I think if you were asked Cara Maria, she may know a thing or two about a thing or two about orgasms on <laughs>
1: Right. Come on. I mean I, I, all I,
0: yeah, I'm sure.
1: Let's talk for a minute. I didn't maybe we we won't, maybe we will. Do you want to talk about the uh recent scandal with the uh WTF pins? Oh my god, yeah, we have to. Cuz you brought up Carmen and made me think of it. Yeah. Um So I was on Twitter last night and somebody sent me a screen grab of Johnny Banana's Snapchat. So annoyed. Which was a tank top saying, and then a thing saying new merch coming soon or something. And the design was the exact design we had done for our Patreon.com slash brain candy, $7 level pins, Mm -hmm. which are a play on the MTV logo. But instead of saying MTV, it says WTF. Mm -hmm. And... First, let me ask, what are your thoughts?
0: I say how pathetic because he can't come up with the original idea. Right. Because remember when he came out with the...
1: Anti-bananas. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's the second time he's still... Oh my
0: God. This is the second time he's still... And then I think how sad that we take up so much space in his brain. Because Especially, I haven't looked at any of our... When I'm planning the new merchandise that we're going to make and when I'm planning out, like, what we're going to do next, I never say, oh, how can I take into consideration Johnny in this situation? Right. I mean... And I think he does think about, ooh, this will really get back at the Brain Candy Girls.
1: And does it, for you, like, in my opinion, it's no skin off my back because... It's totally separate from what I'm doing and does affect my life, but it is curious to me. Mm-hmm. Like what? Why are you even thinking about us or bothering with us? Mm-hmm. You took your money. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he cuz I always say this, this, is my line. Is when he took that money from you, he said, "I'm going to take the money and run." He took the money. I'm still waiting for him to fucking run. <laughs> he has to get anywhere. out of our life. Get out of here. And the reason that we talk about it <laughs> is just in response to this nonsense. And because he's on the show oh and we do commentary. Oh, my God.
0: Can you believe that? It's like the exact design in different colors.
1: Right. I think yours is better. I think it's good. If you would like a pin, yeah. you can sign up at patreon.com slash brain yeah. Oh, my God. We totally do have Everybody more. at the $7 and above level gets a pin. The original pin. They're enamel and they're really cute. And I think... You will love them. Yes. And if you do order one or you uh, order any of our merch, then we are going to be shipping it to you right from our Brain Candy Studios using Stamps.com, which is the U.S. Puzzle Service basically right at my fingertips. Um, I'm so lucky that, that this exists because I am a sh- I am shipping a lot of stuff. You
0: are straight shipping.
1: <laughs> I, I am every day sending something. So... This eliminates the need for me to have to drive to the post office. It's convenient, it's easy, reliable, and they have a special deal for you guys, which is if you go to stamps.com, you can get the service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. And all you have to do is go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in brain candy. That's stamps.com, enter brain candy, and you don't have to go to the post office again.
0: Uh I got some exciting news. What is it? I was cleaning out my brain candy uh bin at home of stuff that I had
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I found like fifty lollipop pins.
1: You're kidding.
0: I am not kidding. And we were sold out of those. What? So now we have more.
1: Alright, so you people need to go on there. And order thebraincandypodcast.com and get some. And you know what? Stick it to Johnny. Buy our stuff. For goodness
0: sakes. I mean, really. (sighs) We all know which one is ours.
1: I mean, I just feel like we really are nice. And I don't understand when people are mean. (laughs) We (laughs) are I'm not joking. I really do think that. I always just think, well, I'm just trying to do my best over here. Right. You know, what's a gal got to do to sell a WTF pin <laughs> without competition? <laughs> I, yeah, I just think that he, I hope he starts selling a lot of shirts because what if
0: we just took the exact same design and copied it. I mean, we, he would probably end up doing a cease and desist against us.
1: Could you imagine? We should probably not reveal our plans on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's evidence. Uh, You know what? It's not worth it to me. My life is really nice. Oh, yeah. And I feel so thankful. And whenever that, I was thinking about it last night when I got the information about his merch. And for a second, I was angry. And then I was like, wait, why? My life is really nice. And I have good people and good things in it. Yeah. And from the looks of it, I don't see that in his life. Right. I mean, what I see is a sad person. Yeah. And so if that's what's going to make him happy is like copying our stuff. <sighs> Go
0: ahead. Sell some t-shirts. Be my guest. Be my
1: guest. I um, hope that we can continue
0: to make designs that you also like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Okay. What else are we going to, what else do you want to add about female sexuality? Um, or nothing? You know, like
0: do it, get it.
1: Take some hot baths. I just, I hope that what I want to, to encourage is yeah, for the want? shame to be
0: <gasps> right
1: minimized. Both, I'm speaking about myself as well. Like this, that feeling of like, oh, I'm not, I don't look great today. I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's like that's fine. What you, is it? Cat Williams has like
0: the best joke about like women worrying about their nail polish matching, like, and like he's not going to look at you and. It's so like, true. Oh no, is that red and mauve? Uh-uh. <laughs> That's so funny. And then he says something else about like about women being worried about stretch marks. hmm It's like, look, you were either big and got little, little and got big. Either way, we're fucking. <laughs> we get That's it.
1: That's really there's funny. only two
0: options. We know why you got those. Doesn't matter. We're still gonna do it.
1: So well, but just I was telling that, Sarah that yesterday my son said to me Mama, you need to paint your hair again. I can see the brown coming through. (laughs) And then he said, and why is your stomach so big? And we were talking about whether he's obsessed with the idea of me getting pregnant and hoping that that. he gets a sibling or something. But let's say it wasn't that. Mm -hmm. I do think that kids and boys especially pick up at a very early age, either from like society Mm -hmm. or from even things I say about myself.
0: Absolutely. I, I don't know. No, they totally... Because I remember all the things my mom said about her body. Yeah. I remember every way my mom picked apart her body.
1: Wow. I mean, I don't think I do that, but it's probably sometimes. Uh-huh. Like,
0: yeah. Oh, God. I hated that. And we I remember need to be kinder like,
1: to ourselves. Uh-huh.
0: And I remember thinking like, oh my God, she looks so beautiful. She, I remember thinking that, like, my mom looking like a woman and, like, so, I can't wait till I'm, like, grown up and have hair there. You know? Wow. Like, I thought all that stuff. And then there was just shame
1: around it. Did you see that picture of Amber Rose in the buff?
0: No. Oh, I oh you got to look. Oh, hello.
1: Amber like Rose posted this picture on Instagram of her looking all oily and uh, bush hanging out. And everyone's like, the bush is back, baby. Yeah. Thank God. You love the bush. Oh,
0: yeah. I wish it weren't blurred out. God
1: damn, she's... On. Oh, is it
0: blurred? Well, the one I, the one that they have on.
1: I mean, mine wasn't.
0: Damn, she, she is...
1: She's sexy. And hot. she. she's one of these women that's like, get it, girl. Like, yes. you be you. Mm-hmm. Don't be ashamed of who you are. Be mm-hmm. sexual. Be sexy. You can mm-hmm. be a mom and have a sexual identity. Oh, I see it now. Get that, Bush. That's, like, perfect. Yeah, she looks great. Holy fuck. I really, really resent when women like her do that, and then other women are like, you're a mom. As if, oh, I'm a mom now, so I can't be sexy. Fuck you. She can do whatever she wants. We all can do whatever we want. No shit. It doesn't matter if you're a mom. You can still have a sexual identity. Yep.
0: In fact, especially if
1: you're a mom. Yeah. I mean, for goodness sakes, that's, like, I think a a
0: very difficult part for women is, like, your body did the most awesome thing ever that it was designed to do. We should be worshipping what women's bodies look like post-pregnancy because those are, like, the signs that they did something. The vessels of
1: badassery.
0: I mean, the things that a woman's body can do when it's pregnant, for goodness sakes. I mean... Everybody should be bowing down, and we need to remind women out there just that they are Wonder Women. Yeah. All of them.
1: I'm with you.
0: And I want to live on that island that Wonder Woman lives on, of all women who just kick ass.
1: I wanted to tell you guys about a company that I really love, and anybody that is out there that wears contact lenses, please give this company a try. Um, Basically, it's like the Warby Parker of contact lenses, where- they've eliminated the middleman so then you reap the benefits and they give really high quality lenses for really great prices. You can get a fresh pair of lenses every single day for less, 60 contacts for 30 bucks. That's a dollar a day. Hello. It's half the price of other brands. And for our listeners, if you go to hubblecontacts.com, you get your first two weeks for free. I am one of those people that I just couldn't be bothered before. It was such a pain. And I was just not seeing right, so I'm really excited about this solution. So uh, go to hobblecontacts.com, and you can have 2020 vision for half the price. It's 15 pairs of lenses for free. What's not to love about that? And what's also not to love about my guest, Bernadette Murphy is on the show today. She wrote an awesome book called Harley and Me. You got to check it out. Let's hear about it from her. Welcome, Bernadette. Thank you so much for coming on your book, Harley and Me, which if you can see it, everyone should read. We loved it. And we have a lot of questions for you.
2: Very cool. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: So, okay. I don't know if it's just the universe trying to tell us something, but we keep reading these really amazing books about women who are often, it's forgotten that they maybe have Uh, sexuality or an identity or something outside of being a mom. And so your book fits right into that theme that we keep discovering. And so we were so pleased to find it. And I'm wondering you as the writer, you're sharing this really personal stuff. Do you, how do you feel now that the book is out and people are consuming it?
2: Um, I'm excited that the book is out and people are consuming it. I'm hearing really great stuff from readers. But I'll tell you, before the book came out, my brother, who I wrote about in it, I sent him a copy, had him read it. And he wrote back and said, you know, the riskiest part of this book is all the stuff you talk about in here. It's not that you went and did right. crazy stuff. It's like you're being so, and he was like afraid on my behalf. <laughs> and so the minute he did that, then I was suddenly freaked out thinking, oh my God, what have I, what have I done? You right. Know? Cause your
1: um, book in essence is about this idea of risk taking and whether, you know, it can uh, foster authenticity and you becoming yeah. who you truly are. But sharing right. private stuff is makes you really vulnerable.
2: It does. It what does. But I think that that's, that's where we connect with each other. You know, if we try to give a, a impression of ourselves as all together and yeah. I know what I'm doing, then we, there's no place to meet with other people. But the minute we say, man, I'm scared about this, or how do I do this? Or can I do this? <laughs> and someone else says, I, you know, I got your back. Let's do it. Um, then we, we have connection.
1: That's true. I mean, my co-host, Sarah and I are both from the reality TV world. So we're used to just being exposed and not mm. holding back, but normal yeah. human beings they so don't, do don't do that. <laughs> so maybe your book will kind of free up people to have more of that discourse, don't you think?
2: Um, I hope so. But what's nice about a book is you, you, Write it, you publish it, and you send it out into the world. And I can like hide in my <laughs> cave here, and I don't have to actually see people face to face after I've written it, um, which I like. That's really um, funny. Yeah.
1: Do you not like to get feedback?
2: I don't mind getting feedback, but sometimes it makes me uncomfortable. I've been on some panels where uh, one time I was on one and a gentleman got up to the mic and started asking me questions about my divorce and the way I had written about my ex-husband. And, so, and you just sort of want to crawl under a chair and say, please go away. Don't talk to me. <laughs> um so it's I'm I'm someone who prefers to write it and then hide in the shadows after it's gone out. Yeah, world. and
1: let it be its own thing.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Was it um purposeful? I assume it was intentional on your part to include a lot of the sciencey stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I got totally geeked out on the science part. <laughs> I love because- that. When I started to, I started riding a motorcycle at age 48 and all my friends thought, you're having a midlife crisis, please go get help. (laughs) You you need help. Um, And then I started realizing this felt good. It must be more than a midlife crisis. What's going on in my body? I can't be the only person who lived this long without knowing I could be totally excited about a motorcycle or that I wanted to do crazy stuff. It must happen to other people. So when I looked into the neuroscience and the biology um, and the psychology to understand what happens to us, particularly as women, during the childbearing years, we get really sort of tamped down, and we become very nice, and we want to take care of everyone, <laughs> and we become these nurturing machines. And so once that those hormones drop off, all bets are off, and well, we're trying to find out who am I? And you
1: wrote, actually, that once those hormones... Shift that you essentially become your eleven-year-old self again. Yes. Come on. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. And if you think about it, you know, if you look at the uh, entire lifetime, the number of years that we're in the childbearing years is only a small portion of that lifetime. Right. But we tend to judge most women of that's who they are forever as who they are as sort of during the mom years, but actually the mom years are an aberration. It's who we are the rest of the time. that is really who we are. You know, that kind of disturbs me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, not that that's the truth, but that we are defined by this thing that's not indicative of who we maybe truly are.
2: Right, right. It's it's a it's a, a cleaned up, disnified version of women. Right. Um, exactly. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: okay. So when you're when you're thinking about that and the idea of like, so you talk about co- women's confidence and right. how it doesn't, it's not always. Correlation with their competence,
2: right, 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 and so
1: I always kind of think of it, especially during those years. But I mean, I guess it's true within our lifetimes. Why do you think that that's the case with with broads? That like, if we're (laughs) we're amazing people, but we don't necessarily have the confidence to match.
2: I think that um, society has a lot to do with that. That the way we're treated. Were you watching um, the Sessions hearing yesterday and how Kamala yeah. Harris was shut down? Repeatedly? I freaking love Kamala Harris. I know. I was like, <laughs> yeah, bring her on. Um, but but that's because we're taught to be you know docile and yeah. be good in a, in a business meeting and just nod your head and, and if you break out of that parameter, they, people don't want to hear it. So it makes us start to question ourselves. Well, what I have to give must not be that valuable instead of recognizing that's not true. The society has created this around me. And if I just speak with clarity and hold my own truth, people will see it.
1: What about within your own family? Do you think that's Mm. true? Um,
2: that what's true. Exactly. They,
1: they kind of like want you to fit within this neat little box
2: as well. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> my um my siblings, my my kids actually on the other hand are are very encouraging of oh, me to become good. as fully as, as big of me as I can be, but they're also in their, in their early twenties. So I think they've sort of matured at this point when they were younger, it was different. My, my siblings still are like angry that I broke out of this mold that we were (laughs) all supposed to fit in because I'm not, I'm not holding up my end of the bargain. They want, you know, if they're doing it, I I should be doing it too. And I'm not, and that pisses people off and it threatens them. Do you kind of like pissing people off? No, I wish I did. You're I non-confrontational. Wish I did. I'm non-confrontational, but but I will do what I need to do for me. And if it pisses them off, that's their issue. But I won't get in their face about it. You Why know? do
1: you think it is the case when... Because much of your book, of course, is about this midlife transition that you are right. having. And right. that's the essence of what the story you're telling. Why do you think it's such a big deal, this moment in people's lives when what happens tell me what happens
2: well what happens is we spend all these years trying to establish who we are so we get our career in order if we're gonna have kids we have kids if we're gonna get married we get married if we're gonna buy a house and everything gets put in place and now we've built the little picture and nothing's supposed to move (laughs) and if we just leave it all there it's all good right yeah except that then the hormones start changing and um, men start becoming more interested in things at home, and they're interested in leaving the workplace and kind of having a quieter life. And women who maybe have had a quiet life for a little while are now suddenly thinking, I wanna go back to school, or I wanna start a (laughs) business, or. and this shift happens. And if, as women, we deny that shift and decide we're gonna stay in this smaller picture we've made for ourselves, we start to die a little inside. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen this happen with friends or friends' parents. Um, we're, there's a, a biological imperative to keep growing. And if we try to stop that because we don't want things to be uneasy, um, to make waves, uh, it, it causes problems to our own physical health, our own emotional and yeah. spiritual health. It, it really starts to break things down.
1: I even feel like that as soon as I became a mom, I felt like that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know, like dying inside because yes. I have to keep this other human being alive.
2: Right. Right. But during that time, you're so caught up in doing it and hormonally driven to do it that you're not paying as much attention to it, but at a certain stage when those hormones start to drop and the children start, stop being so cuddly with you. Yeah. You're kind of like, well, so what's (laughs) left? Yeah. What about me? Where, where's my, where's mine, you know? And it's not so much selfishness. It is, it's a way of taking care of ourselves and and making sure that we're healthy for the rest of our lives. Not just during that childbearing. period. Let's
1: talk about the bike yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so okay first of all (laughs) tell me for our listeners okay about the appeal of the bike for you
2: and riding um it started so I took a class because I was researching a character for a novel and it seemed so out of character for me, but I would just take this class and try it out. And I was terrified and thought, I've, I've got these skinny little arms. I would never be able to <laughs> hold the, the motorcycle. And it was out of character. But once I figured out that it was more about balance and um, there's kind of a grace to it and a competence, once I got that, and I could do these figure eights on the blacktop with the motorcycle. I started feeling elegant and mm. strong and like an ice dancer. I've what? never ice danced, but it felt like that must be what it's like to go fast and smooth. And, and I'm like, oh, I want more of this. Um, and I seriously had no intention of. Ever even getting a motorcycle license when I took the class, and after that day I was like, oh, I I need a motorcycle. Huh. I just need. And like <laughs> I said, my I was living in a very suburban part of the, of the city, and I'm the room parent, the head room parent at my <laughs> kid's school, and it was completely out of character. And I, you know, started the, wearing leather jackets, and before I knew it, I bought the bike, and people are looking at me strange. And um...
1: <laughs> whenever you Started started to immerse yourself in that world. Did how did you handle? Because you do refer to it in the book, but I'm I'm interested in knowing more about sort of biker culture and what I right. interpret as
2: being kind of sexist. Yes, yes. So tell and me I, about that. I think there is a lot of sexism in biker culture, but we can choose to either be with it or not be with it. And I just found people that I wanted to hang with who were very. Um, supportive of me regardless of gender Mm -hmm. and I think they are out there I think there are a lot of bikers that do fit into that stereotype that you're talking about but that is not all of them at the same time there's more and more women riders. there are now these groups so I've been to two different um all women motorcycle campouts (laughs) where like over a thousand women gather with their motorcycles and pitch tents in Joshua Tree and one was up in um, Washington come from around the world to all support each other. So when you start meeting the female bikers and the women who were like wanting to support each other and say, we can have this too. We don't want to necessarily exclude the guys. We like the guys, yeah. you know, but we want to be with the guys who appreciate us for who we are, who don't want us to be on what they call the bitch seat. Right. you know, That's what they say in that culture. And so I don't want to be part of that, but I think there's room in this world for feminist bikers and yeah. for, um, the traditional ones if they want to be there too.
1: Yeah. Cause if that bumps me out and I've never seen a lady driver with a dude in the bitch seat
2: and exactly. I want to, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. put them yeah. back
1: there for a second. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, okay, that's fair. And do you feel like there is a bit of a shift or it is slow
2: going? I think it's slow going, but I think it's taking it's taking root, especially the women bikers in their 20s. It's really fun to hang with them. They are changing the culture right now. And so I'm behind them screaming and shouting and like, (laughs) yay. Um, When I went on this one camp out, like I said, there was over a thousand bikers there. Most of them were in their 20s and almost every one of them was um, an entrepreneur or very highly educated and making their own path in their career. And they were making their own path in, in the world of biking that they, they weren't going to be defined by the way the larger culture has decided. This is how bikers are supposed to look and they're, they're completely changing the rules.
1: All right. That's encouraging. And then whenever you're out, so you, you embark on this road trip and Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of considerations because things can happen and you have to be prepared in a way that a automobile driver does not. Right. Do you ever feel like This is
2: more trouble than it's worth. (laughs) (laughs) I often feel like this is after about four or five hours, when you hit six, seven, eight hours, it definitely feels like this is more trouble than it's worth.
1: So what's the thing that keeps you coming back?
2: It is so different than being in a car. It's like um, I backpack a lot. It's like backpacking fast. You get the smells, you get the, the feeling mm. of the air temperature changing. You have more interaction with the environment around you yeah. than you do in a car. You're not in this little hermetically sealed bubble. So yeah. you're, you're in, so there's the sense of seeing the country and meeting people that I wouldn't get otherwise. And there's something real, I'm really big into meditation and I, it's a very meditative state. Mm. I don't I don't listen to music when I ride. And at a certain point, there's this sort of Zen blankness of mind that's very focused on what I'm doing, but it's also very quiet. Hmm. And I don't get that in the rest of my life. So there's, there's sort of a little high that comes from that.
1: Yes, okay, that makes sense. Um, and so, how do you feel about, well, I'll ask you this first. As a writer, because you've you've written many books, you're so accomplished, you've been writing forever, you teach people how to write. Yeah. How do you feel now, so you have a new book out, about your writing? Who are you now as a writer?
2: Um, I keep growing as a writer. Um, I mentioned to you earlier, my first book had to do with Zen and knitting, if you can believe that. So I've gone from knitting to motorcycles. I can't believe it. But it was, it was a meditation on Zen and, and the metaphysics of knitting. That's and so cool. if I look at it, it touches on some of the same themes that are in the Harley book, which have to do with being present, hmm. being emotionally and spiritually available, um, being um, willing to see the world differently than I think it is, being able to really uncover what's there. I had to reread that book recently because it was being republished as an um, e-book. And when I reread it, I realized it was almost the same book, but using different metaphors. So I think there's certain themes that show up in my writing that just keep finding different uh, ways to show themselves.
1: Were you um, nervous or anything about your students reading Harley and
2: Me? Oh, not at all. Not at all. I was more nervous about my kids reading it, but because I, I, I think I've got nothing to hide at this point. I'm pretty. I'm pretty open with them in classes. When I'm teaching them, they're writing some gut-wrenching stuff themselves. So they'll share about what's going on in their writing and I will tell them my own stories. So they had already seen or been aware of much of the stuff that's in there, the more salacious stuff. Yeah. Um, but the first reading I did where my three kids came was one where I, um, I was specifically asked to read the section where I have an orgasm on a motorcycle. Come on. And, and that was the reading my three kids decided to come to. And I'm like, Oh, couldn't you have picked a different <laughs> reading to go to? I really w-. And so I warned them what was coming and they're like, Oh, no big deal, mom. It's wow. you, know, yeah.
1: you got some cool kids. I like that. I do. I do. Wow. Yeah. Lucky lady. Um, no, but I thought that that Part of the book was so important because, as mm. I mentioned, this idea of women becoming invisible or unsexual at a certain right. age right. is so right. gross and absurd that right. I really like the new. You know, let's just talk about it. People right. want to bang whenever. <laughs> What's the big deal? And I was,
2: I wasn't, I was surprised when that when it happened, and then I thought, oh God, that means I have to write about this whole. <laughs> you know, you that's not the, what, yeah, I didn't want to go there, but it, it's it's what happened, and it's honest. So I wrote about it. You know, tell me
1: what it's like to be, um, because you are or were a book critic. Yes, what it's like to then write a book, and if you have those same thoughts about your own books.
2: Um. Yeah. Always. I'm always thinking about things that I may have criticized other people's books <laughs> for. I'm like, oh God, I'm doing the same thing. Really? I, I, you know, gave them a hard time for it. Yeah. And I think Mm. that when I became a book critic, I had already um, written my first book and I knew how hard it was to write a book and what a big accomplishment that is. So I tried to bring the same sort of generosity of spirit Mm. into reading anyone else's book. Now, that doesn't mean that I um, went easy on anyone because if there was was important things to point out, if you as a reader might get this book, I don't want to mislead you and tell you it's wonderful when I see there's some issues. Um, but I also tried to kn- to remember how hard it is to do what this author has done and to approach the book with a sense of um, awareness of yeah. how much work it took to do that book. Because it's hard to write a book. No joke. That's
1: why yeah. I can't <laughs> believe you keep doing it. <laughs> um, we have one question that we ask everyone, okay. which is... What do you keep in the trunk of your car? Although I'm now wondering if that's okay. I do. I do. Okay.
2: I, I keep um, rock climbing gear in the trunk of my car.
1: Because oh. I,
2: I belong to the rock gym over here. And I actually meet my two sons there regularly too. So I've got a harness and chalk bag and that's carabiners. Cool. And so th- Nobody's that's ever
1: I, said that.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I keep in the trunk of my car.
1: Does, when you're on a motorcycle, what do you have to keep stuff in a bag?
2: Um, I, so on mine, I, there's no bags on mine. So okay. either I I have a sissy bar and I have a bag that will slide on the sissy bar and then be hooked on what's in or, there. Um, so that would have, that would be a piece of luggage. So if I'm going for overnight or for a length of time, oh. it's like a backpack everything you'd put in a backpack for backpacking kind of stuff. Or I put on a a little backpack and whatever I need, my coat or, you know, water or whatever will be in that. Right. But there's no, there's no trunk. There's no. Right. You got to really pare down. (laughs) You got to really pare down.
1: Um, Is there anything that you want people to know that nobody's asking you about?
2: ah oh, i think I think the the important thing for me with this book was to get across the idea that risk is is important in a healthy part of life mm. and our our psychology. Um, when psychologists study risk, they look at it from only the pathological side where it's bad, you yeah. know, gambling or drug addiction or whatever, um, that there there's a good side and it's an important and necessary side. And mm. I think our society has forgotten that we're so caught up with making sure our kids are safe, that we're safe, that our 401k is safe, <laughs> that we're going to be able to retire, that we got the health insurance and all that's good to a point, but that biologically we need to upset the apple cart every now and again to grow because like if that. we're not if we don't grow we start we die we're not we never find homeostasis we're either growing or we're dying so um you know decide which one you want and in order to keep growing we have to keep challenging ourselves and that's taking so risks. good
1: and the book is so good and i hope Thank everyone you. reads it and where can they
2: find you on social media if you want them to follow um uh, let's see oh i gotta think <laughs> of all those are ones. you not into so, it no, I am, but I never remember what they are. So, my website is Bernadette Murphy.com. I know at Bernadette Books is my Instagram. If you want, can I look up my Twitter? Yeah, I yeah. Look I up. never remember this stuff. Are you
1: a Twitter person?
2: I, I follow it. I am on Twitter, but I'm not very good about it. Um, <laughs> I'm obsessed with Twitter. I, I retweet everybody all the time. I'm at, um, at Bernadette, B E R N A D E T murphy um for twitter okay uh and then i'm to follow you yeah, I'm. On, I'm. I am all those places, but I on Twitter, I'm just retweeting Kamala Harris all over the place. You know, that's what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> You'd love my feed, then we need to follow each other. Because I,
2: I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna we'll create um, the
1: echo chamber. Exactly.
2: Exactly. We got, <laughs> we got to do you. something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. It's you know, it's cathartic. It makes you feel good. Whatevs. And yeah, I like to yeah. tell jokes in there too. So,
2: but anyway, cool. thank you for being. Thank you, Susie. On so lovely show. to chat with you. I appreciate. And, You're a delight. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I'm going to go follow you now. Are you on Instagram also? Yeah, man. I'm everywhere. Where? where what? Are, I'll just look up your name on Instagram. Yes, yeah, Susie you. Meister. Okay. I'm there. Right. Great. Thank, thank you thank so you. much.
1: Have Take a great care. day. You too. Bye. Bye.